You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today we got something a little different, but we're excited. And you listen to this podcast, you've heard us get excited. We're excited about the Black Leather Jesus Straight Panic Moonbeam Terror Tour that's uh, coming up here in just a few days. It starts on June 15th through June 19th. And, uh, well had the idea to talk to each of the projects a little bit about what's going to be going on on the tour and uh but both on the stage and behind the scenes that's right got a little little catch up with some of our already friends like sean and richard and jilla and for the first time met thomas straight panic through the screens and had a little talk with him it was a great reason a great excuse to chat with some pals. That's right. So just wanted to put out an episode to get everyone psyched for the tour and to see where everyone's at right now. And we do have the tour dates here. We will let you know about them now. Wednesday, June 15th, Dayton, Ohio at Skeleton Dust. Thursday, June 16th, Pittsburgh at Collision. Friday, June 17th, Ithaca, New York at Forest City Lodge. Saturday, June 18th, New York at the Broadway. And Sunday, June 19th, Providence, Rhode Island at AS220. And if you can make it, we are really jealous because we really, really want to see these shows. Yes, it'll be a great tour and a great time. So go check out the tour but before you do check out our chats with black leather jesus straight panic and moonbeam terror and before we get into our episode a word from our sponsor in december of 2010 while conducting a search for a missing girl police discovered four sets of human remains in a remote location of long island a few months later investigators turned up the remains of six more victims to this day, there have been many theories and suspicions, but the perpetrator of these crimes has never been caught. Self-Abuse Records presents a new 7-inch from Lasuria that explores the mysteries of the Long Island serial killer. Living so close to where the bodies were found, Jim Rose has been interested in this case since the beginning, even visiting some of the locations to make recordings to use for this 7-inch. A deep exploration into a still unsolved crime. This is Case History number 14, available from Self-Abuse Records, as well as the usual suspects. And uh, today we're here uh, with Thomas of Straight Panic. How you doing, Thomas? Not too bad. Enjoying a two-day weekend, finally. <laughs> a two-day hey. weekend, okay, a normal <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah, decadent, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, a two-day weekend leading up to a couple-day weekend as the tour is coming up soon with black leather jesus and moonbeam terror this has been getting planned for a little bit hasn't it yeah yeah at this point i i feel like we've actually been working on this for probably nine or ten months maybe but yeah the fact that it's now like two weeks away i i think it's finally hit me that this tour is actually happening Right. It, the, the planning stages can be really exciting. And then once the reality kicks in, then the, there's a whole nother set of emotions and feelings that go along with it. Well, since yeah. it is coming up soon, 
are you ready? Um, I I'm as ready as I can be. All right. Like what I'll, do, I'll say that. Prepare? Um, I I got some new road cases. I've packed up all my stuff. I've written down all my serial numbers. Um, my sampler is loaded. All my batteries are recharged. But yeah, I'm actually I'm not I'm not practicing like a set for this tour because it is five days and I don't want to do the same thing every night. So I've got I've got some vague ideas in the back of my head. But I think for the most part, I'm going to go back to like 20. 16 era straight panic and just kind of wing it a little bit on on stage you normally do that or is that is that sort of something you've gone away from and a little more preparation and now you're you're kind of returning to it then well in the last when i was living in new orleans i should say like 2017 through 2020 um i didn't have a lot of opportunities to play shows and most of the time i was just playing out-of-state fests so i would I would just like practice one set and get that really solid and then go out of town, play the fest, come back and not do anything for like, you know, six months. But back when I lived in Minneapolis and could play, you know, like once every other week, at least like then it was a lot more freeform. And I had the chance to like, you know, get more comfortable with my gear in a live environment. And it never really felt like I was on the spot because it was all kind of part of this ongoing continuum of practice and performance. And it all felt very organic. Mm -hmm. So going out on the tour, like doing five shows in a row, this this is like my first big thing after it all ended. Have you toured before in longer form tours? I mean, way back in 2006, I went out... Yeah, I I went out for two months and I hit like I hit like 30 states and Ontario, but I was playing guitar and doing like kind of a microphones thing at that time. So, yeah, since then, I haven't I haven't really done any tours short of like, you know, two and three days here and there. So this is like this is the closest thing to an actual tour I've done in over a decade. And yeah. straight panic is is your primary thing, but you you were was that what it was in two thousand six or what was what came before? Um, in two thousand six, it was Fire Island, Alaska, which slowly turned into a noise project, and then I finally retired that in twenty fourteen, and then started straight panic. But you lived in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, I moved there in uh, twenty twelve. So you wow. so you were there for about two years. Actually, wait. No, when did I moved there in 2010? Actually, I was there for three and a half years. Wow! What, what, what did what, you do there? Yeah. What was the impetus to move to yeah. Alaska? I think you're the first person we've talked to who's ever lived in Alaska. Yeah. Um, I I went up there for one year while I was in college, because mm-hmm. you know I just get bored and drop out and change schools, so it took me forever to finish. Um, but I went up there for one year, and I made some friends, left, came back to South Carolina. Worked on textile machinery for a while. Decided that sucked. Finally went back and finished my degree at a local college. And then, like, uh, that was right around the time of the first major recession. Well, at Mm -hmm. least in my lifetime. (laughs) So there were no real jobs, and my degree was worthless. But I still had a bunch of friends that lived in Anchorage, Alaska. I was like, well, it's as far away from South Carolina as I can get. So, okay, I'll I'll just move to Alaska, sure. 
it was it was cool at the time it was cool there was uh cool stuff going on i don't know i haven't been back in like nine years so i were have no idea what's going sh- on were it's you a big doing trip. shows yeah we at the time i lived there there was a really tight-knit group of people and we did have the opportunities to do like house shows and there were a few bar shows and for a while there was an event space so we did have like a pretty active little scene but the thing about that was it was absolutely like the same 15 20 people yeah well i'm excited that you lived in south carolina i also live there so is that is that where you grew up yeah yeah i grew up in south carolina my entire early youth wow and then alaska was your first place out of south carolina that you lived yeah that that was my finally out of college getting out of the parents house and going on my own kind of thing well it's wild that you worked in the textile industry there because mike and gray probably aren't familiar but in in south carolina like everything revolves around like comforters blankets sheets textiles like everything is about that industry especially in that area it's it's really crazy that you did that yeah i i worked for a guy who um he does wholesale machinery refurbishing. So he'll go and find one of the old textile mills that's either been like abandoned mm-hmm. or a newer a newer mill that's operating that wants to upgrade their equipment. And he'll buy all their old stuff, take it out of their warehouse, take it back to his place, dismantle it, clean it, reassemble it, and then sell it wholesale to like Pakistan or India or Indonesia. It was it was hard manual labor and it was like yeah, 17 really hour is. days. Oh my god! But, but like, we're looking at like 2007 in South Carolina, and I was making like 18 bucks an hour. <laughs> That's so, great! You were the yeah, king like, of wow. South Carolina. <laughs> you buy yeah, you a lot that, down there. At that point in time, it was like really hard to argue with that money, and I was like 21, 22, so it didn't wear on me like it would have today. Like I think today that job would kill me straight up. <laughs> so. You so in that the Fire Island Alaska project, you said eventually it it turned into noise. So it, it didn't necessarily start out as a noise project. Yeah, not at all. I I feel like especially when I talk to a lot of other contemporary noise people, I feel like I kind of got into noise late. Like I was I was probably around twenty before I actually like got turned on to Wolf Eyes, which was the first one. And then from that, I had a buddy that showed me like Prurient and White House. But yeah, when I first started out, it was just like me and an acoustic guitar and maybe in a few effects pedals. But very slowly over time, like it just malformed into something weird (laughs) until it was a straight up noise project. Well, now what's your go to favorite piece of gear that you're going to take with you? I think I'll probably have to say the landscape stereo field, which if you haven't seen those, it's built by this guy out of New York. Um, so it's got two touch conductive touch plates on the front of it. And it's all completely reactive to like pressure and touch and mono fields in and out. But it's, it's a wild piece of equipment. Like most people, he kind of markets it towards like, electronic instrument or electronic artists for using as like a filter pass on incoming channels but you can use it as a standalone instrument and the frequencies and variances you get out of it especially just depending on 
ambient humidity and like whether your fingers are really wet or dry it's completely unpredictable but i love it like ever since i've picked it up it's been a crucial piece of gear wow i'm not familiar with that at Ray, all do you know that? i do not know this gear no gotta look it up cool <laughs> oh man yeah uh check out landscape they do they do some really cool work it's all like boutique stuff but they've got some nice like um they've got a human control controlled tape transport it's basically a tape player but it only plays the tape at the speed at which you turn the dial <laughs> <clears throat> and now they've they've got a second edition out now that's got some like i think filter or channel switches or like a dead man's mute switch but it's cool stuff it's really cool stuff, and it's all well-made. A little pricey, but... Uh, when it's small companies, you know, a couple people or one person building things, the, the price goes up. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not made for the masses, which I love. I love that about the boutique gear and, like, getting those sort of things that are... I've been emailing one builder for probably, like, eight months now trying to get a piece of gear, and... Every time I email, I get told, ah, so I'm soon I'm working. I, yeah, I kind of like forgot, but I'm just working on it now. And it's fine. Whenever I get it, it, I know it'll be worth the wait. And it's one of those things like you, you can get something off Amazon or you can like deal with the person who's making it or the, you know, few people who put it together and you know that it's done with care and that it's going to be like a unique thing. And there's a lot of value in that to me. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like, I've got a couple pieces from uh, Will Mullaney, Molasses, out of Richmond. And, like, his stuff is really cool. And sometimes you have to wait a very long time for it. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it in the end. Yeah, I think uh, probably the way we all prioritize our funds it would not be the way a lot of people do. Hey, and you know what? The delayed gratification sometimes is the best kind of gratification. Yeah. So Yeah, right? Straight Panic has, there's multiple sides, I feel, to the project, and especially there's releases with vocals, there's releases with no vocals. You said for the tour, you're thinking about each night's going to be something different. How do how does your approach to vocals come into play? Are you, are you considering doing those every night? Is there going to be possibly nights where you're not going to do vocals? What are you thinking about in terms of that? Yeah, I feel so. Over the last few years, I definitely feel like Straight Panic has kind of like moved away from its center. And I'm trying to really stop agreeing to everything that people offer me so I can take some time to recenter the project and like refocus it. But as far as the tour goes, yeah, I'm probably going to have vocals at every show each night because just performing live, I feel like. The vocal delivery is very central to the Straight Panic project because initially it was supposed to be just like a very stripped down traditional power electronics unit. Mm. So it it's hard for me to like completely abandon vocals in a live setting just because of the energy and the feeling of being on stage and being in front of people, especially now after having not done that for so long. But yeah, I mean... If I'm having a weird day and I'm not in the mood and the vibe at the show just doesn't seem like it, then, yeah, don't be surprised if there's a show with no vocals. It could happen. You had said that you're looking to refocus Straight Panic a little bit. What in your mind does that mean? <sighs> well, I guess I'll tell you all ahead of time, like, 
So I'm taking a hiatus from the project okay. after this tour. Mm -hmm. I've still got one obligation that I have to fulfill. But as far as like recorded output, I'm just going to take a break. I mean, Straight Panic originally, I, I set it up with like very definite guidelines for what I wanted. And of course, you know, within like six months, I'd blown those all out of the water and ignored them. But in the past uh, probably eight, nine months, I've I've noticed that Straight Panic has taken on a very, very personal component to it that I never intended the project to have. Like it stopped being kind of like this face like faceless representational monolith. And it's become very like this is Thomas Botner talking about things. Mm. So, yeah, I've I just need to pull back for the sake of the project. Like it's lost focus. That's not necessarily saying that it's bad, but it's not at the point that I intend it to be. And for the sake of the quality of the work, I've just got to step back from it. So. <sighs> but I mean, I'm still doing other stuff like I still write. I still do graphic design. I've got stuff I release under my own name. That's very just like experimental. And then I've got my secret historian harsh noise project. So like, yeah, I'm still going to be busy. <laughs> what do you have out for the tour? What are you planning on bringing for the tour release wise? And is there anything brand new that's going to be exclusive for the tour? Um, I'm going to have some tour only shirts, which is really exciting. Um, I've got a, <clears throat> A uh, five-track CD. It's the fifth release in my live releases series. Um, Humanhood Recordings out of Kentucky put that out. I'll have a few copies. It's not exactly a tour exclusive, but it's the only place you can get it is from the label or from me. So I'll have that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm really gonna have a lot of new stuff exclusive to the tour. I'd been hoping to have, um, I've got a full length coming out on Flag Day recordings. Because of COVID, it's now 2022 and it's like still not quite here yet. And that's fine. I have no complaints with Billy and how he runs that label. Like he's been an absolute sweetheart and I appreciate that he's still releasing it. But yeah, I... The newest newest release I've got is my tape on Deathbed, uh, Brushfire Lorca. But I think even now that's about three months old, maybe? That's Two and a half. still young. That's not old. That's, you know. That's still young. Yeah, it's still it's still young. You know, we we were really enjoying the split with Black Lair Jesus, and especially mm -hmm. knowing that it's based on Dennis Nilsson. Love. You know, you're speaking our language with some great true crime yeah, themes I, on that one. <laughs> That Dennis Nilsson doc dropped on Netflix, and I had a day off, and I watched it. Yeah, it's wild. Then, like, once you get in the hole, you just can't get out, you know? Sometimes it happens. No, yeah, then, then my obsessive brain was like, oh, his book has finally come out on Amazon, so right. I bought a copy mm -hmm. of History of a Drowning Boy, and I burned through right. that in, like, two days. And then they're like, oh, do a split with Black Leather Jesus. And I'm like, oh, boy, do I have the subject in mind. <laughs> Perfect. But that even the, that sonically... Does it that feels like some stripped down power electronics? Mm -hmm. There's no, I, I didn't catch any vocals unless they're pretty buried or I just missed them somehow. No, that one, I um, I actually kind of leaned more towards Black Leather Jesus, right? Because, okay. like, Richard and I did a split, I did a split with him, uh, Fire Island, Alaska, I think Werewolf Jerusalem, 
probably way back in like 2008. So the fact that Richard invited me to go on tour with them is a huge personal honor for me. And cool. I feel like I've finally attained something with my work that I've been searching out. But yeah, they wanted me to do that split. And I, I don't know, um, with, with the whole Dennis Nilsson hole that I was in at the time and the fact that it was Black Leather Jesus, I kind of leaned into like, all right, let's do this very thematic, conceptually driven work but let's kind of gear it more towards Black Leather Jesus. Because I feel like they're the dominant project on that release. Like, that's the name that more people are going to recognize. But, yeah, there's no there's no vocals from me, just samples that I used. But it is basically a harsh noise, harsh noise wall release, where everything's based around the textures that are referenced in the track titles. Well, we liked it. <laughs> it was you really good. Me. <laughs> well we are we're excited for the story now is there any is there a specific city that you haven't played that that you're looking forward to or just are looking to return to um i'm actually really well okay i'm really stoked to go back to dayton played dayton noise symposium way back in like i don't know 18 2019 maybe whenever that was and it was great. It was super great. And then I played Cleveland after that. And I love Ohio. Um, Ohio will always hold a place in my heart because of the way I was introduced to noise and the noise acts that I got to love when I was younger. So Ohio is always special. I'm happy to go back to Dayton. Pittsburgh, I'm really curious about because my parents are originally from Pittsburgh. And it's kind of a cool city, but I never found that much cool stuff going on when I would visit when I was younger. And for a long time, like looking at tours, looking at out-of-state gigs, Pittsburgh was always kind of like, uh, you can go here, you can go here, you can go here. Pittsburgh, just kind of skip it, which is similar to how Spartanburg was growing up. Like, it's just kind of a skippable city most of the time. So I'm really interested to see what the Black Lives Jesus crew has got set up out there. And that's exciting. I'm thrilled to go back to New York City. Haven't been back since 2018. Um... Never been to Ithaca before, so that should be interesting. And then I'm really fortunate that the last day of the tour is in Providence. So basically, I get dropped off. Oh, wow. Um, it takes you back home. Great. That's, that's the, the way, that's that the way to do it. Yeah, the drive yeah. home after tour is brutal. Yeah, you yeah, just I got, get to... I got really lucky. <laughs> last day of the tour, and then I can get in a lift and go right back to my house. Wow. Actually, I can hey. even walk. Like, it's 15 wow. minutes from my house on foot, so... But yeah, I, I'm excited for the Providence gig because AS220 is like a pretty big local presence. Yep. They've got a lot of space and they've got a dedicated staff. Yeah, great venue. Good sound. Like, that's a nice place. Yeah, like I've heard nothing but good things about it. But Providence, I've been here almost two years and I like still do not have a feel for this city. Yeah, like we moved here in July of 2020. Like, height of the nonsense. So, I don't know, like... And now summer's here and all the college kids are gone again. So, I'm hoping the locals will, like, start to reemerge. And maybe finally this will be the year where, like, oh, this is what Providence is like. Like, this is what goes on. Because even last year, there was not really anything happening. Like, there weren't a lot of shows. Uh, a lot of places still had, like, quantity limits on how many bodies could be inside at a time 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the first summer where Providence is really going to kind of come back into its own as a city. And I'm excited to see what that means, but I have no context for what it is. Well, we love Pittsburgh and we've always had a blast in Ithaca. So I think the one, yeah, the too. one time we were in Ithaca, we had a we great had time. <laughs> a blast. And every time I go to Pittsburgh, I am stoked. Yeah. But so just real quick, is there any anything that you're really into right now other than Nielsen Doc? Dennis Nielsen Doc? <laughs> like a movie, a sound, a band? What what are you into right now? Um you know, that's funny because actually I've I've been on this weird kick lately where like I'm not I used to listen exclusively to like crushing power electronics and it was just all serial killers and violence and I've been in this weird headspace lately where I'm listening to like a lot of John Benz, a lot of Arvo Part, uh Crazy Doberman crew has been on heavy rotation and kind of like that whole New Haven, Connecticut avant folk scene that they've got going on like that stuff has been in heavy rotation for me lately and i don't know what it is if like i'm in a weird mood or if it's because it's finally like 90 degrees and nobody in providence has air conditioning <laughs> but yeah like that's 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 what i've been on lately i've been on this weird like new american avant folk scene which has been really rewarding there's a lot of cool stuff coming out but it's also kind of hit me completely out of left field. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say completely out of left field. I feel like I've circled back to what I was really into at like 22. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but that's what I've been jamming lately. Like Just Henry Rowell. <laughs> yeah, right. Like a lot of Zach Routon, a lot of Henry Birdsey, like tongue depressor. It's all really killer stuff, though, but totally, totally not what I normally jam. Very cool. Well, it is it is really nice to see behind you a poster hanging up that is in myself and Tara's bedroom. It's what we see when we wake up yeah. every morning. The it's right slogan, across from our bed. The slogan poster. So it is really nice to see that. If that next to Amplified Tactics yeah, next when to we the wake up in the morning. Yeah, the R Richard Ramirez and slogan posters are, if we, when we open our eyes, that's what we see. <sighs> Yep. Uh, that's how we have. Uh, oh my god, totally. Yeah. That's exactly what we have. <laughs> that's 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 it. how we have it. So that is a wonderful yeah. matchy, matchy. thing to see. <laughs> it's beautiful. And man, this is gonna be a really cool tour. It'll be fun. We'll have to do a, a full length episode someday, but this is a nice little little talk. I know it's the first time for all of us meeting and it's we'll have to do it in person at some point, but this is really cool. Thank you so yeah, much for taking for time to, to us. talk to, to us. You. No, of course, all three of you. I'm incredibly honored to have been invited to be on here. This tour is going to be killer. I'm honored to be on that. Like this is all really exciting. So heck yeah, still, man. yeah. It's going to be heck, a blast. Heck yeah. We'll have a great time. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll keep, keep up with it, with the tour and see how, how, how it's all going. And, uh, until next time, man, have a great one. Yeah. Yeah, and today we're speaking with Jilla of Moonbeam Terror. Hi, Jilla. Hi. Absolutely, a returning guest, one of our favorites here at Noise Extra, and we're excited to talk to you ahead of this tour coming up. Jilla, are you excited? Are you 
apprehensive? Are you anxious? Is it all combined? I'm probably going to be puking more than anything on stage. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit anxious and nervous just because um, things have been so hectic around here. And um, I'll be like moving right before it. Um, I'll be doing, you know, the usual <clears throat> chain and amplified board. But um, I've gotten some new gear and I've been experimenting with some other things. Um, I'm making techno now. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it'll be similar to what I've done before. Yeah, and I am worried about vocals, though, because uh, uh, my voice has been kind of trashed from surgery, dust, and smoke and stuff. Maybe maybe wrecking will sound better. You're currently living out in the desert. Yeah, um, I have a place out on the Mesa. It's, um, when you think desert, you think like, you know, lower elevation this is like hot 8,000 feet up so we still have winter um and the climate is like really brutal right now and everything is on fire it's really sad so I've been um staying on a farm in Rancho when I've talked to you before Jilla like I I assume it's you know, I think like hot Joshua tree type of, you know, desert, but I didn't realize you're, you're like high up, you get cold. And then that Mesa has like crazy winds. Like that's such an intense style. Like when you do something, you go hard. Yeah. I'm trying to go easier on myself, but I get bored easily. <laughs> uh, my friend that I'm moving in with is worried that, you know, I'll miss having having to piss in a bucket and having to like <laughs> warm my water up over a fire before I bathe and won't have any I won't have any plants to water. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself without all these extra steps to to life. <laughs> so overall, how has this experience in the desert been for you? And is it the most extreme climate? that you've been in or, or, or just an overall living experience? How has it affected you and your art? Um, I mean, I'm used to living rough and, you know, living kind of glorified camping, uh, since I was a kid, you know, houseboats, different things. Um, and I really like that and prefer that. And I love the freedom out here. Uh, it's definitely the harshest, most diverse, craziest climate, but it's still, it's worth it. It's beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to let this place kill me basically. <laughs> um, I've uh, had electricity being here in town, so I've been able to work on stuff. It's different um I had a lot of plans for like doing stuff out there that I will still get back to but um yeah everything has just been so hectic between trying to build and farm and all these other things there's not a lot of 
time or energy. Um, but yeah, I, I think once I'm out of survival mode, I'll have a lot of material and ideas. Yeah, I didn't even know if you would have the ability to talk to us, you know, initially, because I didn't know what your you know, Wi-Fi situation today. was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like we've had some people say in the past, like, yeah, I, I can talk to you just has to be during daylight. We don't have the Internet at night. <laughs> Like, yeah. I've had, you know, those replies before. So, so I was definitely uh, worried about that, but you yeah. did, you didn't start. It's not like you moved into a house. Like you essentially no. built your domicile. Yeah. Well, my friends, uh, who are my neighbors, they had a pop-up camper that somebody had just put like uh masonite on. And mm-hmm. it, so it was like, I don't, maybe an eight by eight or something that I was in for the beginning part of like spring and summer while I built my place I bought a a small like back of the truck camper that um once I started getting into the walls and stuff realized was a little uh mobile mess lab <laughs> even oh, found really? a Oh, yeah. Um, and I kept a lot of the pinto beans, the broken pipes, the acrylic nails, the, all the weird little things that I found mm-hmm. in the walls to make like a welcome plaque. And there was even a live booby trap, which oh. I appreciate fully and will replicate. Um, but yeah, I, I had to demo everything and then rebuilt it by myself. And that took like the summer. There's another structure I was going to build because no matter how well I built that, it's still super drafty. It gets so cold here and with the wind um, and not having like plumbing or a kitchen or anything. Like my outhouse is kind of dug, but the structure isn't built, hence the bucket. It's worth it though. It's fine. I want to live outside. I wanted to be isolated. Yeah, I was done. Done. Did yeah. you have a any sort of generator? Because I mean, in, you somehow you you yeah. had some sort of way to have a bit of electricity. Yeah, I would use my van um, to charge things. I also had um, a small gas generator. I had a friend that was going to do solar, but um, you know timing it didn't happen yet you have to bring your water in as well there's there's no wells there's no water so you you enjoy living harshly was there anything that surprised you in that it was even harsher than you expected yeah i mean explaining it to other people and not being used to it. I mean, this is also like the worst fire the state's ever had. It's the worst drought. It's like, so it's harsher than normal. I mean, people were telling me stories once I got here, especially like um, trying to help me build and stuff like that. And it's a very sharing community. Everybody's really helpful. I think the winter and the wind. Right. Oh yeah. 
the fires, I mean, they, they happen every year, but this obviously got out of control. Um, that wasn't that bad out there. Uh, the monsoon and mud season, there's not a lot of paved roads. So if you don't have like, if you have a big heavy van like me and not a four by four, it gets tricky getting to your place and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think how cold it gets in the winter and the building I stayed in in the winter, they thought was insulated and it turns out it isn't. <laughs> And the person that built it, like around the big main window, there's just, they just put up like a flat board. Um, And so like the wind comes right through. Oh, it was very cold. That is Uh, so cold. Oh, and then, and then there was like a, a garage on the side of it where the wall just like blew completely off because he didn't anchor it right for like. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. it's wild out here. I mean, there's always something going on. I mean, that's true of everywhere, but uh, yeah, Mother Nature has it in for me. So <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I deserve it. <laughs> so you're going from desert isolation into a van with seven or so other people. for for a five-day tour just another form of extremity how when are you leaving are you driving out out to meet everyone um i was going to fly but now i'm going to drive it will depend because yeah reasons um yeah I, i i've been joking that they're going to make me ride in the van tied to the bumper the whole tour because I've been so annoying and I can only (laughs) imagine not being socialized except with like ranchers and cowboys it'll be real interesting (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) I'm I'm excited though I miss people I might bring a, a little handheld urinal or one of my emergency bags I mean, honestly, I think it would be good for the drives. So less stopping, you know, you could just pass it around. Everyone just uses that. We've all tried in the van at some point. Like Dunkin' Donut kind of oval orange plastic coffee cans work really great for the vehicle. (laughs) Like if you can squat over it, like in my van or something. (laughs) Yeah. Have you done any long form touring or mostly one off shows? And I mean, this is five um, days, so it's not necessarily like a marathon. But, uh, yeah. yeah, just one off, um, you know, fast usually. Right. Um, I think I had back to back shows in Tulsa, but um, I wouldn't consider that a tour. Um, for other things, in another lifetime, I did more extended tours, like okay. but yeah, no, no longer than this. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say this is my first tour. I'm terrified. Yeah. I will have to pee myself on stage again. I'm sorry. Everybody, prepare yourselves. You get to see, you get to see urine potentially, vomit, and a board and a chain. 
I don't know why anybody asks me to play anywhere, but I appreciate it. Please get me out of my cave. And, well, we uh, love watching you play. Now, are have you are you have you plotted out a set, or is each night going to be whatever happens that night? I usually improvise, and this time I wanted a bit more structure. But again, <laughs> we will will. We'll see what happens when I get to where I'm going and get set up and stuff, make sure everything has made it. It'll be chaos either way, I'm sure. Hey, hell yeah. And have you made anything new for the tour, uh, release-wise, tape-wise, or just kind of bringing some some of the uh, older releases out? Um, Yeah, there's a C20 coming out. Um, and then there was a comp, I think, with everybody on the tour and, um, that I think we'll be selling tour exclusive. You said you've been having some van troubles, which is something that all of us can relate to. Yeah. Gray, in fact, once bought a van that... died was it on the way to the just the first drive or was it the second drive? it was the drive back <laughs> stranded us out for, of town and you bought it for what like three hundred dollars it was a three hundred dollar van yeah and yeah. The, the tie rods went uh <laughs> and uh yeah that was a very very unfortunate van it was, <laughs> it was fine around town is the problem it just was not meant for long drives no that was what? one of the first things I had to replace on it. Tie rods, yeah. But yeah, the the roads out here just eat stuff up, and it's old and rusty from Wisconsin. But the tour van will be a rental. I have a feeling that if anything goes wrong, it's going to be you who's going to have to fix it. Take the chart. Take charge. Oh fuck! I will try. Um, I'm putting all my tools in storage, so that'll probably be the issue. <laughs> um, Is there maybe uh, bring a multi-tool? I've been throwing bags of concrete. I'll just carry everything on my back. It's fine, you know. Has there been a, a discussion of who drives on this tour? Is it a equal division? Sean or does. Sean drives. Sean does. Yeah, Great. I feel like I would be trustworthy, but. I also don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm nervous, and but I usually do uh, have really bad stage fright until I'm doing it. So, yeah, right. And you'd said that the last time we talked, but the set was yeah. great. Now, are you going to have the chain mail? I'm. I might. It's like the tarp and the chainmail are fun, but I also feel like that was more so closely tied to the Comfort Knife album and not so much newer stuff. So I'm I'm kind of torn. Um, you know, as long as I am not wearing my platform croc is what I've been told. It's okay. <clears throat> I gotcha. We'll get fired if I wear those. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> can see your feet when you're playing guitar. <laughs> so after this tour, you're going to be relocating out east. That is correct? Yes, that is currently 
the plan. We'll see you... what my van does and if uh, talking about it doesn't jinx it. But will you have your but, your space out in the desert still? Is that how that works? I don't know exactly yeah. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I um I just need uh more like things have just gone left at every turn. So um I'm kind of leaving to regroup and having people use it and stay there that, you know, had to relocate or need it or whatever and um yeah i'll i'll be out east kind of for the foreseeable future though trying to um not be such a chaotic gremlin (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know how that will go i feel that chaotic gremlin is one of your main modes but that's part of why we love you jill and yeah. hopefully well, you I'm will really excited. there's some awesome stuff coming up. I just can't talk about it. Of course, it. of course. We gotta let it happen. Well, hopefully but, yeah, you'll make it know. out this way someday, even just for a few days. We would love to Yeah. I'm gonna miss that dire- those cheap direct flights out there. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I would love to do that. Yeah, I'm going to miss our bug out plan of, uh, you know, driving out and hiding under your porch that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'll leave a key for you. Perfect. Perfect. I'll just, just bring a drill. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. hey, there you go. Yeah, Gray's, Gray's got, got a, drill. a drill. We have tools. <laughs> we have tools. We can reinforce walls. We know how to use yeah. a bucket. Perfect. Perfect. We have good bucket etiquette. Those kitty litter buckets with the lid tight, those work real nice. Mm. <laughs> hey, look, my my family didn't always have city water, so I'm familiar with, with buckets. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one, one left turn, one wrong turn, one tragedy shit let me out here. And, uh... Yeah, roller coaster never ends. Yeah. Heck yeah. I ho- well, I do hope the roller coaster never does end. <laughs> yeah. And I hope this tour is as great as it looks like it's going to be. We're excited for everyone. It'd be we would love to be out there, but we'll be out there in spirit while you guys are destroying the East Coast. So Everyone, obviously, we're going to have links up for all the dates and everyone's band camp to make sure to keep supporting them while they're on the road so you can, so they can buy empty containers for the van mm-hmm. and all those things needed in the van. Thank you. Yeah, uh, being poor is uh, very resourceful, though. It works. I don't care. Uh, it comes and goes. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Jilla, thanks so much for talking to us today and have an awesome time on the tour. And everyone who is out east and listening right now, go check out Black Leather Jesus, Moonbeam Terror, and Straight Panic. Hell yeah. Thank you. All right. And we're back with some of our favorite guests on the podcast. Not to to discount any of our other guests, but we have 
Sean and Richard of Black Leather Jesus with us. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Good, good. Thanks for the flattery. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely true. And continuing this episode with the upcoming tour. Now, we're, of course, just talking to Sean and Richard right now, but I have got we've gotten word that Black Leather Jesus is a pretty big group this time around. So who is all on deck for the tour as of today? I know things can change, but as of today, who is going to be in Black Leather Jesus for this tour? Well, there are um, seven of the members for this time around. Uh, us two, uh, Thomas Popolo and Scott Kimberg, um, Carol and Austin Cooley and Domikos are uh, coming up for, uh, are going to be part of the tour this time around. Texas contingent. Yeah. yeah. We got the Texas contingent and the, uh, and the Pittsburgh contingent uh, kind of kind of coming together in a lot of ways for the first time, except for with recordings and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, as a live unit for the first time, which is going to be really awesome. So, yeah. And Scott and Thomas are both local to you now, right? Yeah. They're, they're both yeah, in they Pittsburgh. Now. Uh, that would be the Pittsburgh contingent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And when you're, when you're doing or incorporating recordings, do you take recordings from like Austin and Carol and Domico's when you're doing studio stuff and mix that in? Yeah, we, uh, I usually ask them, I, I tell them what projects we have coming up and, uh, they all usually send source as well as Kevin Novak. And, um, and then the four of us here record together at our home and then I incorporate, uh, the other sources and, uh, but not every release has everybody on it, but we try to have everybody on it for a lot of the bigger projects that we have at very least as many as possible. Um, yeah, it's not always, it's not always possible for everybody to get us stuff, but when we have it, we like to use it. Yeah. Cause we do so much. Um, it's hard to get everybody to get us material in a, within a, a short period of time. So it, it's usually at least the four of us. And, um, but again, I try to include everybody with uh, a lot of the bigger projects that we have coming up. Very cool. And will everyone be meeting a few days before for some rehearsals slash, I would have to assume, recording? Yes. Um, Austin and Carol are coming up. Uh, they should be here Saturday. And, uh, and even with um, like... Thomas and Angela, they're coming up a couple of days before we actually go on the road. Um, so it's nice so that everybody can that hasn't met can meet and get to know each other a little bit, but also give them some time to relax before we actually go on the road. So I think that's why some of them wanted to come up a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, as far as hitting the road. Are you are you in the lap of luxury with a passenger van? Are you in a cargo van? What you guys uh, What are you guys taking on the road? We're getting a, a fifteen passenger van. Yeah, it's 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 definitely the uh, the as luxurious as you can be with seven people and yeah, possibly a dog. <laughs> yeah, possibly a dog. <laughs> oh, you bringing Soledad? Yeah, yeah, we might be. We might be bringing Soledad. 
And depending <sighs> on how things go, we might end up having to have Soledad and Solo with us, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> These <laughs> things have all been planned for yeah. in their way. And we did get word, Sean, that you were going to be the driver. Is this correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of the eternal tour driver here. <laughs> and yeah. will you then have control over the van radio as well, the driver? To an extent, I will, but it's most likely going to end up being a um, randomization of a playlist that, uh, that, that my husband here makes. It helps to kind of like ease the 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 um uh the the kind of natural tension that him being in a vehicle and stuff like that has attached to it. So um so yeah, to an extent, but within within parameters. Right, right. Now do you do you know these parameters as of now, or they're just gonna they're gonna be made apparent as the days go on? Oh no, it's, 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 it, it all, it, it fits mostly within our, um, uh, 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 favorite, uh, uh, punk, post-punk and, uh, right. uh, electronic, uh, uh, sounds and, you know, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, it's not very far off from what we listen to in the car most of the time anyway. Of course, think, of course. I think probably the majority of it's going to be people talking. Yeah. Well, so, and then yeah, and the music uh, will probably be in the background. It's a uh, lot of people, so it's going to be a lot of conversations talking about the, the yeah. night before, talking about that, you know. So, but that that's the sort of tour stuff I always like the the little minutia of being in the van, and that's a lot of people. It has been an incredibly long time since I've shared a van with anyone else other than Tara. So, that's a lot of personalities, and I'm just remembering what that was like back when we were doing had eight, nine, 10 people in a van and just the sort of chaos of that. But, you know, we're all a little older. I think we can all handle that, you know, well, pretty well. Sam, Sam McKinley would tell you that it's, uh, that it's, that it's going to be several days of dead or alive and erasure. Um, hey, sounds uh, good. Mixed, mixed with that first ministry album when it was, <laughs> when they were still new wave and with sympathy. Yeah, I mean, Look, you, this yeah, sounds like a great soundtrack. I'm fully right, on board. Right. <laughs> is there a I'm, I know some vans have this is there is there a TV or a screen in the van? Don't know. Don't know. But All I right. kinda doubt it. We've we've never rented a vehicle that actually had the uh the the, the little TV screen or anything like that. But yeah. yeah. Well you know and you know one of our vans early on, this would actually Sean, you would probably relinquish your driving duties because of what we had. We we had bought an an Econoline you know, an older van, but it, it was for uh, off a of family and they had a TV and VCR in the back. And then uh -huh. they had individual headphone jacks in the back. So the people in the front could still listen to music, but everyone in the back could watch movies. So on the tour we put, and this is a V it was a VCR. So we put out the word that we'll trade for VHS tapes for the tour. Of course, Phil Blankenship came through, with right. just, I still have some of those VHSs and there'd be times where the drive wasn't long enough. The movie wouldn't be done and we'd be sitting in the back, like finishing the movie before we got out to unload. So that was a heavenly tour, but I, yeah, I would imagine that would mean you'd be, you got, you got to send someone else up front cause you got to be in the back watching the movies. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I would have to, <laughs> I would have to trade it out and, um, uh, and, and yeah. 
So. <laughs> <sighs> Be a lot, be a lot. But also listening to movies is is a good style too. I've done that. We've taped, audio taped movies and just listened to the movie. That's kind of a good style. (laughs) Kind of a good style for a movie you've seen a million times. I think we did that with Zombie. Do that with a few others where it's just like. You don't need to watch Blue Velvet. Just throw in the audio tape. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. So what... In, is your vision as of today for how the Black Lives Jesus set is going to go? Or is it going to be when everyone arrives, you're going to figure out? Do you guys sort of know what you're, what you're bringing at this point? Well, a lot of times uh, right before tour, I try to talk to everybody about uh, kind of do's and don'ts of doing shows. Oh, yeah. Because in, in the past, we've had members where um, either they might do vocals, which we are not really known for doing. So I tend to say maybe no vocals. Um, but also we've done shows where some members using sheet metal have, uh, tossed it around, uh, without really thinking about what possibly could happen if they did. So, you know, cause I just don't want anybody to get hurt. So we tend, I tend to tell people don't, uh, try to, do something that might put someone in a, a situation where they could harm somebody. So usually it's, um, you know, or, or you stick to the, the things that you usually use or that we're normally known for using, whether it's sheet metal or just various found objects. But um, I try to let people do what they want. I don't necessarily tell them this is how you need a sound. This is how this needs to be it's more of, you know what we're about, you know what we do, let's stick to that and do your thing, you know? So I, I want everybody to bring their their own into the live performance, but still knowing what this band is supposed to be about and not trying to go off on a tangent and do their own thing, you know? Um, so usually we'll have a talk before tour um and it's usually things like that um and we do have you know we do kind of try to set some rules for the road because then it avoids problems later on you know of people saying well no one ever said not to do this or not to do that so we try to because again we're adults we're not you know teens or in our early 20s you know doing a tour like we would have probably done back then it's you know, you kind of want to be a little bit more responsible about certain things. So we, we try to have a talk about it. Um, Cause we've had some tours in the past where there was some drama in the van and some of it got pretty heated and the last tour went great. Yeah, there was yeah. no issues at all. We've, we've, we've had some, some very good tours like that last one, which, you know, there, there was, there were there were some jokes thrown around about how it's the the the, the old guys of noise out there, but hey, it, it kind of made for a very comfortable situation in all situations there. So if that's what it's got to be, that's what it's got to be. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in setting those those boundaries just to make it make it comfortable and good for everyone. So what are some of the other do's and don'ts or don'ts for tour? Because this could be a good PSA for a lot for anyone listening. 
Well, we usually try. Well, I don't want anybody bringing any drugs into the van or anything like that, uh, or people using or getting uh, drunk on at the shows simply because sometimes uh, we've had issues controlling certain people in the past and uh, had some bad fights with, oh, yeah. with people I mean, if anyone- because of that. Oh yeah. I mean, um, if you haven't been on a tour that that hasn't happened, it's, it's strange. I mean, I think we've all experienced multiple c- scenarios in that situation. Right. And there's a huge difference between, you know, like, like getting to a venue and having a beer and just, right. you know, like kind yeah. of like, you know, like, like just enjoying yourself in, 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 in moderation and, and getting on, you know, getting to a point where you're going to end up like derailing everything, which we've had real situations we've had moments where things have gotten pretty as richard said pretty heated a little bit belligerent um uh on 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 others parts and it just does not it 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 does not make for a comfortable situation on the road so these are the things that kind of like get laid out right away and and, and yeah yeah and we'll mean, even tell some of the secret stories about the things that have happened but that's all within, you know, that's all within the group that's about to get into the van. So yeah, right, usually we just, we tell people, yeah, if you want to have a drink or two somewhere, that's fine. If you want to smoke somewhere, that's fine. Just don't bring any of that into the van because we just don't want issues. If we get pulled over or anything, uh, we don't want issues with somebody taking it to the extreme and acting up that annoys everybody else. And then fighting starts up. Um, because also with with me, I'm already I'm nervous as it is to do shows. I I'm always I have stage fright, so every time we do shows, I tend to stay in the van a lot of times at venues while other people are mingling with others, and I don't. And it's not because I don't want to. I just I get this major stage fright before performing. So usually I stay in the van before performing. And then after we do the show, then I tend to uh, talk to people more, mingle more because now I'm at ease. So this other element to the tour is usually I tell people, please let's not make it even more intense as far as the nerves that I might have by everybody fighting or something, you know, having some issues, you know? Fully, fully understand that, uh, and it's it's a smart way to go to lay out the rules early on for something like this. So just everybody knows, everybody's been told, and they know what the expectation is. Um, yeah, I saw that there's going to be a new slash old black leather Jesus shirt design available on this tour. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I did a design that was mostly sold on our European tour. Um, it's just a you know, just a, 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 a nice little design with a couple of leather men. And, um, uh, and I was kind of racking my brain on what to, what to do for this tour. And it just kind of hit me. And I was like, well, why don't I bring back this old screen that I haven't used in a while? Um, and that was predominantly not sold here in the U S and, uh, and, 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 you know, judge it up a little bit with the, the hot pink, uh, ink instead of the white ink. And so, yeah, that's kind of where the, idea came from and i'm going to be uh finishing up the printing of that this week and getting all of those ready and uh everything's kind of hand printed here and uh and then i 
take it out on the road and uh, see what we can do with it. Well, I think you'd mentioned that they're going to be uh, tour only at this point. So I'm going to have to have one of my spies grab me one at a show. Well, so when I say they're going to be tour only, it's more a matter of I'm not making any any of them available prior to because I, I'm 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 having to put so much work into getting the ones ready for of course. that um uh, that yeah taking taking orders prior to is just not going to be an option right now but no. yeah they're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna hit the shop after I uh, after we get back but if you time. if you do want to send out mm-hmm. a, a a spy to pick one up on the road that'll always help <laughs> <laughs> of course now and then in addition to that killer shirt of course the merch table is going to be oh. Stacked, yeah. right? Right. How how are you, so? How are you guys preparing for the merch for this? Because obviously, between both you, there's constantly stuff coming out, constantly stuff being reissued, new issues, cassette versions, etc. How are you going to try to wrangle it all in for the tour? Well, so so you know, a lot of people will travel with the noise table, but we don't. Uh, we we don't perform on a table. We use right. the ground, so we're gonna we're gonna use our noise table for the merch table and just right. get as many as many people behind that as we can, as well as you know, as well as if 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 somebody provides something at the venues. But um, uh, but that was kind of our contingency plan, just in case there's not something provided, we'll just have you know the the, the standard folding table and and carry that with us because yes, there is going to be a um uh, uh, a wealth of options when it comes to merchandise on this, uh, on this tour. Well, we also, uh, I had a talk with some of the members on the, of the tour that, um, since some of us have some similar releases, um, I told them, you know, you sell your copies of this release. I won't sell that so that nobody's selling the same thing. Right. And sort of competing with each other. So I figured the best thing to do is just to have our, everybody have their own releases that they want to sell and allow everybody that opportunity to sell what they have and not necessarily have, well, you know, I have the same tape that Thomas may have, you know, let him sell it and I'll sell something else. Right. You know, so we we're trying to plan that out as well so that it's not an issue with, everybody or or at least several having the same merchandise and we kind of did some things like like there's only there's only like one specifically black leather jesus tour tape and that was that was it was decided upon in a conversation you know who would be doing that and then we also kind of conversed about what other kind of options that there were what other projects that um uh that, that we work in and stuff like that might be um uh, you know, like, like might draw people in to, 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 to experiment and, and buy something new. And so that was kind of something that, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like there was a lot of planning and yeah, there, that we did, we did think a lot about, um, who was going to, who was going to have what and, 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 and in that case, what others were going to have that would kind of like pull in customers. So, it's yeah. it's a, it's important to think about, especially with so many people and just wanting to, we just want everyone to have a, a great time and everyone to feel, you know, you don't, you just want everyone to be able to do their own, do their own thing. And exactly. Right. don't want to have that overlap. And yeah, on this particular one where, I mean, we planned a tour when gas was $3 a gallon. Um, 
obviously a lot more door is going to be going to that at this point. Right. Um, so yeah, that merchandise and, you know, like what you're, um, you know, kind of what you plan to, 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 to put out there to kind of like supplement your own pocketbook is, is it, it's, it's, it's important. No, it's huge. Now, what about sleeping accommodations? This is a big tour. It's a lot of people need a place to stay. What are the plans for this? Well, we have um, in a couple of cities, uh, some of the people have somewhere to stay. And some people have offered um, their home to us. But I think uh, probably at least two or three of the dates will probably just get hotel rooms. Yeah. Uh, we did that last time on tour and it seemed to work out fine. Yeah. And we did manage to do that out of the door on tour last time. It wasn't something that we were yeah. asking people to go into their own pockets for and stuff like that. And I, I always feel like that's pretty, that's a, that's an important thing. What you, what you make on this tour individually should be yours. What we make as a group can go to those things like yeah. the gas yeah. and the, the hotel rooms and yeah, stuff like that. Door stuff. We we've already talked about it that those things go to gas, especially with how high it is now, and with tolls and and possibly yeah. hotel rooms. So, um, and whatever's left, you know, we split it up. But um, yeah, we hope that you know people come out and support the tour. Um, because yeah, it, it's expensive to rent the van, and, and the right, gas right. is insane right now. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, we appreciate when people come out to the shows. It's a pleasure to go out and play to five people, but it's a pleasure to go out and play to to, to as many as possible as well. You know, so yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely, and the, you know, this is we we you guys had announced this lineup a while back, so this tour's been in the planning stages for a while who how who came up with the lineup i was it just you guys kept talking about who would be fun to go out with what was the what's the idea behind the lineup i think it was initially um i had thought of um doing the tour with straight panic and then i thought it would be kind of cool to have a, a a third act on the tour with us as well and Moonbeam Terror was instantly one that came up that yeah, we yeah. all agreed that oh, we would love to have her on the road with us as well, you know. So having both of them um, was actually something that came up very quickly and yeah. discussing doing another tour. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just we enjoy both artists and um, and can't wait to you know do some shows with them. So it just it came up really quickly, and uh, everybody agreed on on the acts. And I, I mean, I, I I won't lie. There's some level of it's it's really cool to put t- together this kind of tour and have kind of such a um, such a strong queer bent on the tour, where you know all of the acts involved have, have some level of involvement in the the in the community. So. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like that is there, there, there are some reasons like that, that those couple of acts just kind of popped to mind besides that we just love their work. So, yeah. I mean, you know, those, those are considerations that go into, but yeah, it was, it was really more of a, a conversation between what was one of the, one of the days that Scott and Thomas were over here recording and we just kind of started kicking around the idea of why don't we put together this tour and it just kind of came together from there. 
uh, everybody was in pretty immediately. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I we're mean, it, it stuff for next year too. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have two tours in mind for next year. Um, awesome. The first in the spring, we're we're looking at doing some shows with the Rita on the West Coast. So um, and then we're all doing individual projects uh along the tour as well um, i like that idea so it won't be a black leather jesus tour but it would be like werewolf jerusalem uh sean you're doing thin mountain i was gonna do thin mountain yeah heck and yeah there's scarlet diva and she walks crooked and of course the rita being the main one of the of the tour uh so that's probably sometime in the spring uh west coast and then the fall of next year, we're looking to do the same tour we did in 2020, which is Black Leather Jesus, the Rita, and Vomir, but in Europe. So um, we're talking about doing that. Probably France, Germany, Switzerland, and Italy. We can't right forget on. that. You did mention Johan, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Johan's part yeah, of this last tour as well. So, so. JSH, uh, he should, he'll be on there as well. Um, hopefully everybody's there able to do it, um, at that time. But so far, everybody seems, uh, there's, all up for doing it. ever since that tour in 2020, there's been a lot of enthusiasm, at least among all of us who traveled together about doing this tour again. So, um, just off for obvious reasons, it's not been able to happen yet. So 2023, we're hoping is going to be the time. There's a lot that's still in the works as well. There was talks of us going to Japan as well at some point yeah. to do a Japanese tour. Oh, that'd be future. great. Um, so there's still a lot of discussions of other tours that we're planning. I mean, eventually we had even discussed doing a huge Black Leather Jesus U.S. tour yeah. to go all over the U.S. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have you ever done anything that long? No. We haven't. So, yeah, we, we, we would... We would de be definitely having to uh, 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 turn to some uh, some some folks like uh, uh, <laughs> like like pedestrian deposit to, to to get some advice on uh, how to make that kind of travel. But but yeah, I mean it's something that 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 we would we would like to do. Um, I I personally love going out and playing um, <laughs> uh, and uh, and 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 you know. Uh, we get enthusiastic about it. <laughs> That's good. I've, keeping that enthusiasm going is is important and makes the touring even more fun when you're when you're just excited and looking forward to doing it or doing it again. Like I love the idea of taking a tour you've already done and and doing it again, like in a different country or, you know, different set of countries. Like I think that's right. Right. Really awesome. Are the uh, are the rocks leaving the house? Are they coming with you? Um, yeah, the rocks I believe are coming with me. I also have this, uh, <laughs> I have this, uh, this, 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 I've been supplementing the rocks with a bag of gravel lately. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody that, anybody that knows this knows that I'm dead serious. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think the rocks and a bag of gravel are coming with me plus as much sheet metal as we can jam into the, into the van. Um, another good reason to have the 15 passenger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, do you guys definitely do you guys bring amps on this tour or are you planning no. on pas we're planning on pas yeah we 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 never travel with amps now i don't know if anybody else 
um, uh, like Thomas B or anybody is like is planning on bringing something because I, I, I've I've heard that, uh, that 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 he's he's concerned about his uh, his gear footprint. So who knows? But uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Considering that they're having to uh, uh, travel via mass transit uh, methods to get here, I kind of doubt that we're going right. to have any amplifiers. So Richard, you have incredible stage fright, and you're also not a huge fan of being in cars. That is correct, right? Yeah, I have um, a huge phobia of being in cars. Uh, it, it's something that's been there for many, many years. I was into really bad car accidents, and um, and it kind of I don't drive. I have a fear right. of driving. Um, and so a lot of times that there's still that, that fear of being in a vehicle. So some, so when he talks about the playlist, usually I like to listen to something that I want to listen to, or, I mean, I try to find, so, I mean, we like a lot of similar music, of course, of course. but I, I, I try to zone out by listening right. to music. So I don't necessarily, um, pay too much attention to what's going on. Um, and I, so yeah, there's that fear that's still there and hasn't gone away. Um, but uh, it's definitely better than it was initially. It was pretty bad in the beginning. Um, I think I talked about it on, on a, a podcast before. <laughs> you, you, we we mentioned we definitely <laughs> mentioned it because 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 I am still. I think that's incredible. All this touring you're talking about planning you know, for this, for the future, <laughs> but you have these two really big yeah. things that are tour. I mean, traveling and playing. So yeah. How, how have you worked through that? And is it just, is it just a daily thing when you're on tours that every day is a little different working through those mental um, issues? Well, usually, um, like I said, whenever we're on tour and I, if I stay in the van uh, before we go on, um, it calms me down and usually I try not to pay attention to anything going on around me before I go on stage because if I do I, I get really nervous and I start to shake or at least I feel like I'm shaking a lot right. and um, I had in, in, if I went back to in the 90s I was supposed to do a, a big tour before and we were supposed to tour out in uh, the West Coast. And I, I backed out last minute of that tour because of that, that stage fright. And I just didn't think I could do it. Um, but then I thought, if I don't get over this, then um, it's going to be an issue. So then, you know, I decided, okay, I need to get over this in some way enough, at least enough to be able to do the tours. So in the late nineties, that that's where I started to try to do more and more so that I can at least, um, do the shows. And even though there's that fear, I didn't want that fear to, to stop me from doing shows live because I, 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 I mean, a lot of times I say I don't like doing live shows, um, but that's mainly because of the fear that I get before a show. It has nothing to do with I just don't want to perform in front of people. Um, I love doing 
stuff like that. And I love seeing shows, uh, you know, other people doing their performances. And I think seeing that sometimes makes me want to do it more, you know, watching other people perform. Uh, sometimes it gets, gets me hyped up to, to do a show. And other times I, I just, there's this fear that comes over me right before a show and I just need a moment alone. And sometimes I always, you know, I say this a lot. I, I worry that sometimes people thought, well, since I'm not socializing with people at the venue, there's sometimes people are asking for me and asking, why am I not out there talking to them? And I, I, never, I don't want people to get the wrong idea of why I'm not out there. It's not because I don't feel like talking to anybody. It's that fear. And then once I'm done with the show, I'm okay. And I can talk to people. But sometimes it's there and I, I need that moment alone. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm okay that day and I'm able to hang out and talk with people before a show. But um I mean, the other thing is, and this, this, is, this is what people might not notice because there are sets going on, but I always message Richard to let him know that somebody's playing. And yeah, he's, he's... I do come out to see everybody perform. Yeah, he's there right. for performances. It's just a matter of once that's over, he still has to kind of like yeah. get, get, his, get his head in the right space. Now, as far as the travel goes, remember what I said earlier <laughs> about how I'm the designated driver? Yeah. That's that's that there there's a reason for that it's by it's design not we, it's not that we think that other people are, would be bad drivers it's just that there's a trust that's built between the two of us of course that kind of makes it um uh makes it feasible for us to make those like long drives and stuff like that i'm a huge fan of tour roles generally if i'm on a tour i'm the driver for the entire time right. and i i sort of and then, you know, maybe someone else is going to be the person who's going to do the money at the end of the night. All these sort of tour roles. I actually I think it makes it less stressful because instead of every day, well, who's going to drive today? Well, I drove yesterday. It just takes those conversations out of the equation. And it's just, right. nope, I'm driving. It, don't, we don't even have to have that discussion. I'm driving the whole time. Don't even no one else needs to worry about it. And we can just don't even have to think about it. I, I love yes. I'm a big fan of that. It's like you 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 know exactly what you're getting, and within within an hour or so of somebody driving with me, they know what it's going to be like for the rest of the time. So exactly, yeah. no, it's I'm very I'm a, reliable. I'm so, a yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Now, obviously, no one listening to this needs to know, but obviously, aside from Black Leather Jesus, there's countless projects that you both have individually together with some people on the van. What are a couple projects? that you guys are just excited about that you're doing right now, recording, releasing tapes, any new projects that you have a particular excitement about right now? You want to take that one? Well, I mean <laughs> like the things that have, that, that I found over the past year that I'm, that I'm, I'm, I, I'm really um, excited when I sit down to record. I mean, thin mountain has been something that, uh, that, that, that I, I can, I, that I always feel like I really put my all into. Um, and it does have kind of a concept that I'm really behind where, um, uh, where my, my, my idea of, of, of making wall noise that's um, moody, creepy, but still extremely harsh. Um, uh, it's something that I, that, that I, I'm 
I'm really passionate about. And, and frankly, a project that I thought was uh, dead years ago, Red Hook, has been something that I personally have been doing a lot more of lately and I'm really, ex- really excited about and, and really um, think that some of that recording has been the best that I've done in the, uh, you know, as far as solo projects in the past year or so. Um, but there are also some, some, some collaborative projects that are, are very exciting. Um, and I'll let you do a little bit on <laughs> a, a little bit of that. Um, I, I, one of the projects that, uh, we do, um, the perfume of the lady in black is, a uh, one that I, I get excited about doing. Um, and I have a project with Thomas called knife tape rope that, uh, I enjoy doing as well. Um, so I, I mean, there's, I get excited about doing new projects again, because I like starting from scratch with something and seeing what we can do with it. Uh, and so that's why there's always these new projects that I do, which I know may annoy some people, but I just love doing that. I mean, I, 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 I never get bored doing stuff. And I, and a lot of times when we're working on something we go in knowing what we're going to do and we have a plan for what project we want to do, what we want to do with it. Um, so we do record a lot, but it, it's not every, not everything that, that I may record gets released. I don't release right. everything that's recorded. If I don't like how it sounds, it gets either just deleted or, we may use it for source for something else. Right, right. You know? and so it can always I, I, be used. I keep a lot of source. Uh, I keep a I keep a lot of source that's like, but I mean, there there is some level where at, um, I mean, like I, I, I I've discussed before. I think of this like sculpture, and 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 I don't really press record until I know that it's ready. Um, so there's 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 a lot of, I mean, like yes, I do end up with things that just end up being source. Um, uh, but there, there, there's a, there's a lot of intent that goes into things before we even press record. Now, another one that I mean that I'm doing, I'm doing a tour tape of is 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 a project that 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 Richard Thomas Scott and I do. That's just raw sound um, as uh, as as gained as we can possibly get it, and that's that uh, that that the whole lot uh, Shaquille project. That we did a tape on deathbed, um, and this uh, this this new recording that I'm that I'm putting together for this tour was a, a, just a really exciting recording session because it just felt it felt like everything with that raw sound and stuff like that uh, came through um, very definitively. Nice. I guess is how I would put it. And so I'm uh, I'm excited about getting that out. And then you know there are, there are some other things. Uh, well, I like. Uh the project that Scott and Thomas are doing, Lena. Yeah. Well, I think Lena the project is, it's a really good project. And, uh, Sean's putting out the next, it's a split tape with my project with Sam, uh, vice words, black hose. Um, so that is something that's coming out for the tour as well. And so it's a split with Lena. And that's, uh, that's awesome. Actually, Scott sent us, uh, a Lena tape and, of course, I it's, I speak for all four of us and Tara, who unfortunately wasn't uh, is not here for this segment of the episode. But obviously, huge Jess Franco fans and huge fans yeah, of Lena Romay. So I mean, 
you know, that, you got us there. That project is that project is yeah. just amazing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's something new that uh within band members plug is, some friends here yeah. on that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's gonna be so much great stuff to pick up on this tour. And you know, Richard talks about his stage fright, and I absolutely get that. I know a lot of people go through that, but I can safely say, and I'm going to go ahead and say Gray will agree that Richard very quite possibly stole the show at the last hospital fest, which was the last time we got to see you live. So the, don't let his stage fright think that he's not going to bring it because he absolutely is. And anytime we've gotten to see Black Jesus, it's always the highlight of the night. So oh, yeah. with this big group, this is going to be so great. And we're obviously encouraging everyone to go out who's in the area to see this great lineup. And of course, there's going to be, you know, a local or two at each show. And we've, you know, the tour dates read back in the beginning of the episode. But if you need to go remind yourself, go back and listen to that. Thanks as always, guys. We love talking to you. We could obviously just go on for hours and hours, and I'm sure we'll do many more hours. But for now, <laughs> it's time to get ready for tour. It's time to get everything together, get packed, and yeah. have a great time. Everyone get out Thank there so and much. support live noise and of course some absolute favorites of Noise Extra. So till next time, hey. have a great one, guys. We always love sitting down with the Noise Extra crew. So Heck anytime, yeah. just uh, just just send us a message and we're here. <laughs> All Heck right. Yeah. Have a good Thank tour. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Take care.